what would you say if I told you that you could spend less time thinking about what you should post, struggling over figuring out the best hook for your video, and mindlessly scrolling on social media while still being a successful creator? When you create content, it can be easy to get sucked into feeling pressure to constantly create content and trying to hack the algorithm to get more followers, more engagement, and more brand deals. With this mindset, you're constantly thinking about your content, leaving you very little time to have that work-life balance that we really all so desperately need. And when you're constantly thinking about content and scrolling on social media, you're not leaving yourself the time to reflect on what you actually want for your brand, not just doing what everyone else is saying that you need to do and want for your creator brand. I know how easy it is to get caught up in trying to do it all and putting unnecessary pressure on myself to create content that drives the most engagement. But that's not the goal of social media. All of our effort is to make the content that matters to people and provides real value. So with that goal in mind, how do we do less as creators but still find a lot of success? I'm Kristen Buscan. I've been a full-time creator for over three years and I've brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're here with Harley Jordan, corporate dropout turned creator coach and influencer agency owner. What started as viral transition tutorials quickly shifted to helping women feel empowered to do something much harder, monetize. Now she coaches creators of all sizes to not only build a brand that feels right, but fully monetize their online presence with multiple streams of income. She's used her experience in business operations at a startup to help land brand partnerships and develop her two businesses. Now she has coached hundreds of women in building their personal brands and negotiated $200,000 in brand deals for her agency clients. She's also the host of podcast Brand Meet Creator, where she talks all about things social media and influencer marketing. Harley is an expert when it comes to doing less of the overthinking and the rule following and more of the real brand building that not only drives the results, but is also more fulfilling to you as a creator. We're giving you the scoop on everything you need to know to do less and get more as a creator. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 98 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. I mentioned this last week. If you're in our newsletter, you know that in the last few weeks, we have started to share our shelter pet of the week in the newsletter. And honestly, it's creator, social media, and puppies in a newsletter on a Tuesday every week. I don't know what else you could possibly want in your inbox. This week's shelter pet of the week is Popcorn. She is a 38-pound pit bull that you just honestly have to see her face to even believe her. She is so cute. So join us in our newsletter, and you'll be able to see all of the shelter pets of the week. Honestly, there are endless amounts of them. This week on social media, some things are brewing. First things first, the meta version of Twitter, which is called Barcelona, now has an icon, okay? So this is actually coming to fruition. This is real. This is happening. If you haven't heard about this yet, basically meta is creating their own version of Twitter, so more of a text-based app called Barcelona. Not really sure about the origin of the name yet, or really anything about how this app is actually going to work, but it has an icon now. And I think what's really interesting is that most of the apps that Meta creates and really goes hard in that are social media apps, we know and love. So I would not be surprised if Barcelona ends up 
being something that a lot of people download and maybe gains uh, some traction. And who knows, maybe it will be the new Twitter, especially considering a lot of funky things are going on over at Twitter. And I think people are losing their steam with posting on Twitter. So we'll have to see what happens. But the app now has an icon. So guys, that's happening. TikTok also shared their 2023 holiday marketing playbook, which goes over insights and tips for holiday campaigns. And I know you're listening to this while it's probably 90 degrees and you're like wearing shorts and a t-shirt and you're saying, Kristen, it is June. What are you talking about the holidays for? But if you are a creator and you have been for a while, you know that the holiday season for creators starts so much earlier because we need to think about how these holiday promotions are going to start. We have to start building those relationships now. We have to start thinking about our holiday plan, typically pretty far in advance. So it's not surprising to me that TikTok is sharing this now. In this playbook that you can find in our show notes, they break down how to have successful holiday promotions, including the timeline, which actually, like I said, starts in August so early. They also specifically mention amplifying engagement with seasonal storytelling and content like spark ads and engaging with community through creators to share their holiday messages. So TikTok is actually encouraging brands to really find creators who can tell stories and who can really bring that storytelling of the season of the holiday season to life. And so this is a really great thing for us as creators to know about. So maybe we can start working on our storytelling skills if this is something that brands are going to be looking for. One of the key takeaways in this playbook is for brands to actually partner with creators from prepping for the holidays all the way through post holidays. So TikTok is really encouraging creators not to just work in December with the content creator. Like they're telling these brands that they should be working on all of the pre-holiday things all the way through until the new year post holidays. Whenever these things come out, I always encourage creators to look through them and start to digest some of the information because while this playbook was not specifically created for content creators and influencers, this is the information that the brands that are hiring us are getting. And so us familiarizing ourselves with that information can only be beneficial. Last week, Adam Masseri shared a blog post where basically they shared how all of the algorithms work on Instagram. So I'm going to give you the quick rundown. However, there will be some TikTok content on my page, as well as a show notes link here that you can go actually read through this whole blog post. But let me give you the quick rundown down here. So basically, there's more than one algorithm, right? We hear, oh, the algorithm. It's not the algorithm. There are multiple algorithms for different areas of Instagram. So for example, your feed is ranked by your activity. So that's the post that you've engaged with information about the post. For example, how many people have liked it, how quickly people are engaging with it, the time it was posted. It also takes into consideration information about the person who posted. So for example, how often you've interacted with that person. And it takes into consideration your history of interacting with someone. So all of these things are very important when it comes to figuring out what's going to show up in your feed. When it comes to your stories, they take into consideration your viewing history, the engagement history, the closeness of you and that person who is actually sharing the story. And these are all the things that decide who's going to show up further towards the front of your story's queue. When it comes to reels, 
what they take into consideration is your activity. So this is basically, are you watching a lot of reels or are you skipping past every reel that you see to go to the carousel post? Then they're going to show you more carousels. So your activity, your history of interacting with the person who posted. So is this someone that you, you know, chat with often or interact with their posts often? It also takes into consideration information about the reel. So for example, the audio track or the visuals in the video and popularity of the reel. And lastly, it takes into consideration the information about the person who posted. This one was surprising to me. Number of followers and the level of engagement were two things that did show up there. One thing that was really interesting about this article is they did talk about shadow banning a little bit since this was all about like the algorithm and how things are ranked. What they said is that shadow banning essentially isn't real. You will lose reach if you're violating the guidelines or posting content that goes against the rules. But other than that, there's no such thing as like, oh, we don't want people to see your content because we don't like this piece of content. It's all dependent on how engaging your post is, your activity, your audience's activity, information about the, you know your relationship with this person. You see how there are so many different factors here to take into consideration. It's not just like, oh, Instagram liked this content or didn't like this content. They don't like me. They're suppressing my views. We want to blame it on someone, but Instagram straight up is telling us that is literally not how it works. So check your account status. If you need help figuring that out, send me a DM, but make sure that you're not violating any guidelines. Make sure that your account is in good standing. But if that's the case, then there's literally nothing else that you can do except work on those different factors that decide who's going to see your content, basically, that I just went over. Read this whole blog post, guys. It's a lot of information, but I really do feel like when we are so quick to blame things on the algorithm, it's never actually beneficial or productive for us. So if you can understand how these work a little bit more, then you can work on the things that maybe you need to improve on or change. So take a look through that. It's in the show notes. And without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Harley and I. We have such a good time every time we get on the podcast together. You should also go check out her podcast, Brand Me Creator. We did just share an episode on her show where I talked uh, a lot about social media. We had honestly a great time as usual. So if you enjoy this conversation, let me know. Go listen to the other episode on Brand Me Creator, and I will see you guys next week. Guys, I, in my life, in this era of my life, am truly all about doing less. Um, and the queen of doing less here is my friend here, Harley Jordan. And am so, I? Harley, <laughs> you, okay, you know, maybe you should practice what you preach a little bit more, but, mm. <laughs> um, but Harley is the the queen of the do less club sometimes could take her own advice club um (laughs) yeah that sounds more accurate um so harley for all the people listening who don't have the pleasure of knowing you and having you in their lives can you tell us a little bit more about you and all the five thousand things that you do so to answer your question about who i am what i do i am a content creator. I am a personal branding coach. I help creators from literally zero followers to 2 million followers to build a personal brand that feels aligned to them in a do less, real life approved fashion. I also have an influencer agency um, where I help creators again to monetize their social media. And there you go. I'm a multi-passionate girl with too many things on my plate. <laughs> she is in fact not doing less. <laughs> I am in fact not doing less. <laughs> yeah. It's and this is, I feel like, one 
of the reasons that Harley and I get along so well is because I feel like we're both like so hungry to do so many things, but we also both just want to like sit down and like chill with our dogs at the same time, you know? It's like a, it's a hard balance. And that's even like in, in our podcast intro, like every episode that you guys hear, you'll say me, hear me say at the beginning to build a sustainable, profitable business. Um, Because for your business to be self-sustaining, I think is literally the most like hidden gem key part of running a successful business, because if it's not sustainable, you're going to end up burning out and then you get into this vicious cycle yeah like it never ends you're always exhausted you're always like chasing the next thing like nothing's ever good enough you and you end up physically and mentally exhausted and it you sucks. end up <laughs> you end up building a business that you left corporate to avoid you left your full-time job to mm-hmm. avoid all of that and I remember being in my being in my corporate job and being like, I just wish that I could build something for myself. I just want something for myself and to do the things that I want to do in the way that I want to do it. I think professionalism is dumb. I think corporate hierarchy is dumb. Let's make our own rules and do our own thing. And now I'm creating this business where I'm upholding all of the standards that I hate. So it's like this constant unlearning process journey of trying to lean back into what feels right to you? Yeah. And it reminds me, uh, one of my students, she had posted on her story, literally, this was like years ago at this point, and it just stuck (laughs) with me so much. I will literally never forget this. She posted on her story saying that her therapist said to her, why did you um, leave working for a mean boss to work for a mean boss? Like talking about like herself being the mean boss. Cause like she's the only one holding herself accountable to do all these things. And she's like pushing herself way too much to do too much. And ends up again, like you said, being in the same situation that she tried to avoid, which is mind blowing. Yes. You know what? You said that on my podcast and it stuck with me as well. So whoever this (laughs) client is, power to her (laughs) because... I need her therapist, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever that therapist is, go team. Cheers. (laughs) Right? So, you know, actually, it reminds me, um, speaking of therapists, um, I remember you had... (laughs) Speaking of therapists, great segue. Here we are. Go on. Um, I remember you had actually posted something, I think it was right as you were like first starting your first round of Duess Club. And you had mentioned something about your therapist, like helping guide you towards doing that. Cause you had, it was something about like how you really liked doing like the one-on-one, like personal connections Mm. with people. And she was like, well, why don't you just do that? Like, I, I remember you posting something about that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, but, um, I do not remember the exact situation. Um, But yeah, I mean, I worked with a ton of different, I I worked with a ton of different people around this time. I basically um, burned all of my offers to the ground. I (laughs) started working with a hypnotherapist, which like rocked my world, honestly rocked my world. And if I say hypnotherapy and you're like, oh my God, Harley, you like, you know, sat in front of a pendulum. It's not like that. It's not like that. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. I started uh, anxiety meds with hers. I started to go to to acupuncture all the time. I actually quit my therapist to do all of these things because they were better for my mental health at the time. Um, And I started to do less club. So 
I think the realization, like the overarching realization that I had was, you know, there are all of these business rules on the internet about like three best ways to run your business or go viral or like to make <laughs> money online. And the thing, <laughs> stop laughing at me. <laughs> You're so funny, Harley. <laughs> Just really dramatic. I can't help it. Um, there are all of these rules. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't feel right to you, I keep saying this and it sounds so corny, but like if it doesn't feel right to you, it can't be a, far- a part of your strategy. If you feel the ick about yeah. one of these rules, like, I'm sorry, you can't do it. That's not sustainable. That's not the sustainable path. Right. So I think the conversation that I was having with my therapist that you brought up was you know, time and time again, I was saying, I love the one-on-one connection. I love the one-on-one connection. I love the one-on-one connection. And everyone around me in the business world was like, make a passive course. And I was like, no. (laughs) Right, right. Yes. This is totally what I'm referring to. (laughs) There we go. We got there. We got there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it's an awesome realization to have. And I'm glad that you made that change because I feel like if you were just like continuously doing things that you were feeling like forced to do, who knows how you would be feeling right now. But I am curious to hear, so since starting Do Less Club and having this mindset shift, how has your business changed? Like good, bad, like functional things? Like what has the shift been like for you? This is going to sound so wild. I feel like there's a lot more love and connection in my business now. <laughs> that's, that doesn't sound wild at all. That sounds like what it should be. Like, that's great. Sure, sure. So with Do Less Club, um, we do have weekly trainings, like weekly mini modules. I'm not trying to take up all of your time with deep, long lessons. I'm really... Um, yeah trying to push you to rethink the way you have structured your social media and how you can better align to your personality and all of your passions and hopes and dreams and wants and whatever. So um, as we go through this, we have two office hours weekly where you have the opportunity to come hang out. I'm actually expanding that further to have more live time together because the live time for me is the bread and butter of what makes everything tick. And it's not, it's not even the coaching that I get to provide. It's being able to sit on a call and have everyone with their mic off and just chatting about what it's like to be a creator, you know, sometimes we'll go into right. tangents about who knows what. There's a lot of self, self-help, self-healing conversations yeah. happening at the same time. I tend to draw in like, you know, the astrology peeps <laughs> who are like, it's the moon. Blame it on the moon. Mercury is <laughs> doing something. That. So this is what you need to focus on this week. And I'm like, go ahead. Like, tell me what I need to release. I'll do it. I, I don't care yeah, if it's right. real or not. <laughs> but it's brought on so much more connection and ability for me to just feel like I'm making a difference. Right. Yeah, I love that. And it is interesting that you've been able to kind of like start this aspect of your business that also is so helpful to you. You know, like mm-hmm. having that time is kind of like group therapy almost. Oh, but it's yes. cool that it, it's your business, but it also is so beneficial to you, which I think is actually 
like a very, I think it would be hard for everyone to have an aspect of that in their business. So I think it's cool that you've been able to do it. It's, it's my favorite part of the week. It's literally my favorite part of the week to go to office hours, to go to co-working with this membership. Um, and just hang out with people that get it. Like there's not a lot of people that I know in real life. Like I have a ton of internet friends, but there's not a lot of people that I meet with constantly every week that just get it, you know? So it's so great to be able to hold that space for people and just chat. And, you know, that was another one of the business roles that I had sitting on my shoulder, um, whispering in my ear, like, don't give so much time. Your time is valuable. Your time is valuable. Why are you doing, you know, five hours a week live with people when the price is so low? And at the end of the day, I really wanted to create an accessible program for anyone, regardless of if you're making a ton of money or not right now. I know that you have this value too. It has nothing to do with what I think I'm worth in quotes, because a price of a product does not designate what I'm worth. That's right. You know, there, there shouldn't be such a tight tie in the internet world to like, you're worth your pricing. No, I'm worth far more than that. Um, I am not my pricing. So I want to make my pricing accessible for people. And actually this was the path of least resistance. So as I've created this path of least resistance that like is very counterculture to what the internet is saying, I think it's become this uh, permission slip for my clients as well to really reframe what they're doing and say, oh, okay, so here's what I can do differently. Here's what I need to let go of. Here's the should that I don't need to put on myself every day. Right. Yeah. I think it's so important to like start to instill that mindset into creators because it's every creator I feel like that I talk to ever is just like, I can't think of any more ideas. I'm so burnt out. I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm doing so much and I'm working a full-time job. And da-da-da-da. I actually just saw um, later.com. They posted this survey that they did. It was like a study and it was like creator mental health report or something. Uh And it showed the percentages of creators who were, you know, talking about like their fears and their uh, kind of like roadblocks and all of these things. And it was so crazy to see how high the percentages were like about people who are afraid to take time off or Mm -hmm. creators who are afraid to, um, you know, not be like relevant if they get off of the internet for a little while. And it really is so difficult for creators. I think versus other jobs because like you said earlier our lives are you know like such a huge right. part so of your why so yeah exactly. your personal life your home life like right. your husband's in your content all the time your dogs are in your content all the yeah. time so even if you're off work per se you're still posting on your story you're still yeah. documenting content yeah it's it's a hard uh, balance. I feel like there's a very fine line. Um, I am curious to to hear, like, are there any specific like changes, I guess, that you've made in the way that you work that are kind of like helpful <sighs> that you could maybe share with someone who, you know, like wants to quote, like do less? 
Oh, did you did you hear that big sigh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a process, and I think yeah. what is what is the most helpful is to pull it back to okay, where am I trying to get? Like re- realistically, what is the one singular goal that I am working towards? Because I don't mm-hmm. need to take a big leap towards that goal. One single tiptoe in the right direction is success. That equals success. So your expectation that you've put on yourself to take leaps and bounds and move towards that very visually every single day is just really unrealistic. And breaking it down further to here's the baby thing. Here's the one baby thing that actually makes a difference in my social media that has nothing to do with how engagement works with how many likes, how many sales, like you can't control any of that. So why are you basing your success on something you can't control? That's, that's such a bad, that's such a bad place to put It's a recipe for disaster. It is. So what can you control? You can control, um, posting a testimonial, posting about your offer. You can control tagging a brand. You can control flirting with a brand, pitching a brand. You can control, um, this one's underrated, doing like posting about a product in general, not as a collaboration, Mm. because then you're going to catch their attention. You're going to show off your portfolio work of what a brand could look like in your feed. Are you doing those things? Because those things matter. Those things will take you to the next level. But instead, we're worried about virility. We're worried about things we can't control. Got on <laughs> yeah, the priorities need to be, you know, rearranged a little bit. Yes. Um, but I like what you said. It almost reminds me of like um like atomic habits where they say like one percent yes. better every day. It it really is so true because it's so difficult. Like even when I think about like me wanting to launch some new product or something, like I used to straight up sit down and be like, I'm going to create this top to bottom right, right now. now. Like yeah. no chill. <laughs> No chill whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm just like, okay, let me create a calendar for the next month. And I'm going to put one task on each day so that I can like, you know, have this be so much more bite-sized and achievable. And gosh, making that change, I mean, has literally saved my mental health so much, so much. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of the time we circle on the things that we feel we need to do to be successful. like. The, the rule about I need to engage 30 minutes before and after I post. Oh, yeah. my God. Do you know how much that brings creators down? You do. You do know how much that brings creators down. <laughs> True. You know fully well. But, like, everyone feels that ick about engaging 30 yeah. minutes before and after you post. Every single one, every single creator. So yeah. why are we letting that get us down? If you don't have time for that, don't put it on your agenda because what else can you do that you actually like? Because the more you're enjoying what you're actually doing, the more motivation you will actually have. But if you're draining all of your love and passion and brain calories with things you hate, oh my God, you're going to spend them all. You know, you're going to spend all those brain calories. Then what? You're gonna have nothing left. <laughs> then there's nothing left for you to run on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think another point to bring up that maybe 
a lot of creators are going to hear it and be like, well, I'm not there yet or like whatever. It's not the right time for me. But I think is worth reconsidering in a lot of cases is um, outsourcing to like when we had first got on right before we started recording, you were like, life is so crazy. My, you know, my, um, you said your account manager is, Mm -hmm. you know, out on vacation and it really makes you realize like how much work your your team is doing for you that would be on your plate and so i think outsourcing like is something i was never ever comfortable with because i'm a control freak and i'm like no one's going to do it the way that i want it done like i'll just do it myself that's how i've always been and man like finding the right people training them and then Ooh, just yep. spending the dang money to let them do it and let you have your time back is something that I really, really wish that I did sooner. I told myself, I don't have money to hire someone. I don't have money to hire someone. And gosh, I I wish I had just sucked it up and spent the money earlier. It's it's bullshit. It's bu- it's quite, yeah. quite honestly bullshit that we tell ourselves that because if you hire someone good, if you find the person that will actually own it and take it on with you and work with you to build this thing up, then you're going to be making more money because you're not twiddling your thumbs doing silly little things. Right. I can't I can't imagine if I was still on that side of the agency. Oh my god. Our account manager Erin, I absolutely adore her. I think she shit's gold to be honest (laughs) she deserves an award (laughs) she deserves all the awards (laughs) yeah it's it it was difficult I think at first to be like oh there's someone out there that's going to be in my price range that knows how to do what I need them to do but once once I like put that aside and was like okay let's just look Kristen let's just look and find out you know, and actually, um, so my friend, uh, Justin Olivia, they created this course to teach people how to be like an influencer Ooh. VA. And so the cool part about their course is when people graduate from their course, they basically get put in this Facebook group where I, as an influencer, can be like, go on their website and fill out a form that says, I'm looking for someone to do this, this, and this. I Here's love like that. my budget, da, da, da. And they post it in the Facebook group. And then you can get like applicants, but it's great because I that's actually where I hired um my new VA, Bryn. Um, and she went through their whole whole course. It teaches you, you know, how to pitch, it teaches them how yeah. everything that influencers do so they like can really have a good understanding of like mm-hmm. the things that we need. And and her price range was great for me. Like it, it worked out so well, but I think people are just like, where am I gonna find someone? And like it's gonna be so expensive. Yeah. And it's just not always the case. And even when it is expensive, I think that it's really, really worth it to consider. I mean, again, like what are, you need to focus on the needle movers, right? But what are some of those things? I mean, even even if it's engaging, you know, right. is that handing off engaging to basically a high schooler that you would hire as a babysitter, you know, because that $15 an hour might be worth it to you so that you don't have to do it so that you're not draining your soul and can actually focus on the things you need to be focusing on. Yeah. And I love that you said needle movers, because this is something that I I realized for myself. This is like why I made the step to hire this new VA. I was looking at all of the tasks that I was doing every day. And I was just like, 
all of this is like my business in maintenance mode. Everything that I would do from the moment I sat down to work until the time I clocked out was stuff that was just like, okay, I have to do this for the podcast to get this episode. It was always move. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, why am I doing these logistics that anyone can do? Like sending an email to, you know, our podcast guest being Mm -hmm. like, here's the episode. Like these are things that should be, you know, like on autopilot done by someone else. I need to focus on things that only I can do, but I had no time to do that, you know? Right. And then even, even the thought of training someone to do all of that, it's a whole, I mean, it's a hard balancing act. Yeah. It is, but it's well worth it. So I think outsourcing, scary, but very much something that is, I think, achievable for a lot of creators that is worth it. Even if it feels like you're spending money that maybe you're not getting back right at that second. Yes. I think it will come back to you eventually. I I totally agree. I think that in the influencer industry, it's tough to invest in yourself because you're not Mm. seeing regular money come in all the time. And even if you are booking that brand partnership, it's just, it's really tough. Like I had a agency, agency client say to me this morning, she has like hundred K followers. And she was like, I'm just so glad that I signed with you guys because I thought about this for a really long time. And I was like, I don't want to give away that 20% commission that agents take, like that stressed me out. But then you guys took it over and you negotiate higher than I could have ever imagined in my dreams. And it's like, it's such a long-term thing to invest in yourself through knowledge through an agency through a VA wherever you go yeah I mean like you said knowledge too I think that brings up a great point with like courses and things like that too I think one of the issues that I run into as someone who does create courses and coaches I very much want to be selling in a way that's like very honest and realistic Mm -hmm. like I hate I hate those courses where you go on the sales page and it's like, you're going to gain 10,000 followers and oh my gosh, you're going to make millions and you're like, you know, all of this stuff. It drives me nuts. And I mean, it's honestly sad to me that that's still something that happens, but it's so like, I see so many people do it. (laughs) You know, the other one that's really gross to me um, is take my course so that you can sell while you're on vacation too, or so that you can just be perpetually working in the Mm -hmm. Maldives or on your own private Island or something like that. (laughs) And it's, it's such a clout thing of like, Oh, well I'm on an Island. So, you know, I'm going to get more traction in my story right now because people want to see what I'm doing. So I'm going to get more engagement on my story and then they're going to buy my program because they think this is going to be them. And it's just such a poor way to do aspirational content. There's so, so many better ways to show off the, like embody the results that you can bring from your program. Right. And that's something that like I always have in the back of my mind. Like I I don't ever want to be that like cringy salesperson. No. But I think it's difficult sometimes because like I want to have a nice balance of like actually being able to sell stuff in a way that is like sustainable and Mm -hmm. easy and, and actually profitable, but also not 
like overwhelm people and make them feel like uncomfortable too. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird balance. You know, I think I it really – it comes down to the differentiation between feminine and masculine sales. And I talk about this a ton in my program. Um, influencer marketing is feminine sales. It's like if you were to go on a coffee date and your friend walks up to the barista and they're like, I want a – insert long 12-word <laughs> – drink name, right? <laughs> and they turn to you and they go, oh my God, the barista recommended this to me last week. It's great. It has X, Y, and Z benefits. You know, I don't crash yeah. from the caffeine. It's low calorie. I don't know, whatever, right? Um, and then you order it. That's that's how we sell on the internet. That's how we should right. be selling. And what we're really good at as females, and I mean, men can do that too, but like as females, we have, or at, with this feminine energy, I'm like trying to be politically correct here, we right. are really good at building trust and showing off what is wonderful about a product really transparently. And it is a very stark contrast to masculine sales, which is like the used car salesman trope of just today, today only. It is $9,999, but for you, I'll make it $9,998. But you only have five minutes to buy. And like, that's gross. Like no one wants right. to do that. But sales doesn't need to look like that. It can be really right. casual. Like we have permission to change what sales looks like in this internet world that we're living in. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. I never really thought about that like feminine versus masculine sales, but it's it's so true. Um and I I definitely like lean towards trying to make it I guess kind of like a healthy balance of the both like because obviously with like the masculine energy, I don't want to be like I feel like that comes across like more like scammy and everything, yeah. but also like I'm still here to make sales too, right. you know? So like, I feel like there is an aspect of that, but um, yeah, like I, I like that's, the idea of selling I mean, in a way so that's like more organic. Yeah. It, it's so true. And like, you kind of have to like trial and error it to figure it out. But like, yeah, we still have to show off urgency. We probably want to still show off the benefits and social proof. And yes, that is right. more of the masculine side. Um, but there's an in-between too. Yeah. And I think it actually like watching you from afar, the stories that you share and things like that, where you are selling, I feel like you sell in like the do less way almost like it's <laughs> kind of like do less selling. Like you should maybe like coin that do, do less, less selling. social selling. Something you know like that. So funny? I had a little bit of an existential crisis the other day because I was going through my program and I was like trying to hone in on the messaging of how I was going to launch Do Less Club again. And a friend of mine was like, do you realize that you're a sales coach? And I was like, what? I'm a sales <laughs> coach. And they were like, yes, Harley, like you are a sales coach. Why does that trigger you? And I was like, well... I had so many situations early in my career where like I saw sales as that gross masculine side right. and like I had to do the cold calling and it literally gave me like a 
visceral, gross reaction to having to call all these people and tell them how great the program was and like, whatever. Like, I just so didn't want to do that. So to hear someone say out loud, like, hey, you actually like your whole program is centered around how to sell in a way that aligns. I was like, (sighs) we got this. We got this. You're like, how did I end up here? <laughs> Where? How am I here? Is this my purpose? Is this what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> Just a little midlife crisis. It's fine. Right, right, um, right. Quarter life crisis. Quarter life crisis. crisis. <laughs> Don't call um, me midlife. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's just it's just the automatic term that I go to. Okay, <laughs> you're you're far from the middle of your life, Harley. Um, so what about your selling though? Like, I I think you do a really great job of selling without selling. Like, I actually, as someone who watches your stories every time you post them, like I don't mind seeing the stories that pop up that are you actually selling? Because I feel like they fit into your content very organically and they never feel like you're like slapping me in the face with sales. Thank you. Of course. Of course. I I think that's probably good to hear because I, I feel like it's, it's scary to sell stuff, you know, like it is, it really is. The, the funniest thing about it is that for so long in every one of the former iterations of my program before I burned it all down and started to do less. <laughs> I would always knowledge broker and try to bring someone else in that was more of an expert in sales than I was because mm-hmm. I thought that I was doing it wrong because I didn't have X, Y, and Z element that you're supposed to formally have when you sell. And it just brings back this, this message of you you don't have to follow the rules. Like you need mm-hmm. to make your own set of rules and follow those. And yes, there are some, you know, barriers to that. We can't just like fly around willy-nilly. <laughs> we still we still have to take some action. But like yeah. unlearning the societal norm of sales, of professionalism, that's huge. That's huge as an entrepreneur. There's, I mean, really, there's yeah. nothing that will kick you in the butt more like entrepreneurship. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sometimes, sometimes I have regrets. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to quit and go like work at Sephora. I'm done here. Oh, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work with the dogs. That's it. I'm, I'm literally going to quit and just go walk, like be a dog groomer all day. Great. Honestly, I'd be fine with it. It would be, yeah, <laughs> ideal really. I, I dream of yeah. like being a barista one day. I'm like, when I can have a fun job, I'm just going to be a barista. <laughs> Really? A barista? Yeah. That's what you pick? I feel like people are so angry before they get their coffee. No, I'm I'm a people <laughs> pleaser. I'm like great at customer service. <laughs> so it would be like, shut up and make my coffee. Don't want to hear your jokes today. Thank you. <laughs> I'm dead. Give me some latte art. Like I want to learn how to latte art. That's my goal in life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Forget you know, running. I wish you running a seven figure agency. I want to, I want to make some latte art. <laughs> Listen, Harley, you can do whatever you put your mind to. So I have a full faith that you will be making, you can make a whole Instagram account making latte art and you would probably go crazy viral and just make a bunch of money and be great. <laughs> Bring on the coffee brands. Bring them on. Oh my gosh. 
Because you have more time to start another Instagram account too. Right. So it'll be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, with all the time that I have, I will be doing that. With, with yes, amazing. the lack of time that I have, I will probably still being that, <laughs> be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how uh, we operate. I think pretty much yeah. <laughs> really cool. We have no time. Awesome. Let me start something new. This is a great right. time for it. <laughs> Let me start a new project. <laughs> What's a better time chill. than when I have no time? No chill. <laughs> no chill. <laughs> I love it. Well, for everyone listening, I hope that you are, you know, still listening because <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you've been entertained. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I literally feel like whenever Harley and I get on a podcast, just like I, I never know what's going to happen. We're just central. here talking about latte art. So honestly, honestly, though, I want to know like what your dream profession is. If you weren't a content creator, if you weren't doing what you were doing, like money, money wasn't a wasn't an issue. Like I want to know what every listener would be like, please slide into my DMs and tell me zero. Yeah. Context. Give me zero context. Just tell me. <laughs> Just the job. And this will be a fun game for me. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Okay, y'all loop me in too. So then you'll maybe you'll have a hint of what we're what they're talking about. I'm um, telling you, yeah, this is my I, this is my ideal situation. Start a group chat with me and Kristen and just say one word. <laughs> Dog walker. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I honestly hope that people will do it now. <laughs> train conductor there you go um yeah if I had to answer that question I would probably be a dog trainer because I literally I know right like it's not a secret anymore I would just like to spend all of my time with dogs and none of my time with humans so (laughs) that's it there you go Uh, I'm dead I'm dead Harley would be a latte artist so we already know that I'll bring the coffee (laughs) perfect i love it all right guys well i hope everyone listening got some uh good nuggets and are feeling like they can do less in their businesses we're giving you full permission here yes um and if you do less you can be just as great and put together as harley and i so if that's not a draw right there i mean (laughs) i don't know what else is you can can have this conversation that we're having right now and still be looked at as professional (laughs) somehow somehow well harley as always it is a joy to to speak with you thank you for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge with us thank you so much for having me 